This show is supported by State Farm. You have insurance for your home, your health, and your car. Why don't you have insurance for your small business? So many small business owners think they don't need or don't even know about small business insurance. Protecting a source of revenue is one thing, but so is protecting all of your hard work and your team members. State Farm agents are all small business owners too, so they know how to help small business owners choose personalized policies that fit their budgets. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. If your roof starts to leak or your floor's really squeaky, live in a money pit. Money pit. If your basement needs a pump or your place looks like a dump, live in a money pit. Money pit. Pick up the telephone, fix up your home sweet home. I call an 888 money pit. The money pit is presented by Home Advisor. Now, here are Tom and Leslie. Coast to coast and floorboards to shingles, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. And we're here to help you take on your home improvement projects, your remodeling jobs, your decor dilemmas, whatever's on your to-do list. We'd love for you to switch it over to us right now by picking up the phone and calling us at 1-888-MONEY-PIT, 888-666-3974. We've got a busy show planned for you coming up this hour. Just because it's starting to cool off and get dark a bit earlier, Well, that doesn't mean you have to cut back on outdoor entertaining. We're going to have some advice on three ways you can extend the use of your outdoor space. And stainless steel is a popular choice for kitchen sinks, but not all stainless steel is created equal. We're going to tell you what you need to consider before buying your next kitchen sink. And it's hard to believe, but it's almost time to close your pool for the season. That is, if you're lucky enough to have one. We're going to have some tips to avoid high repair bills next summer by teaching you how to winterize it the right way today. But first, we want to hear what you are working on, getting ready for back to school. Maybe your kids are already back and you're working on some rooms in the home, getting ready for the winter season. Well, whatever it is, we're here to lend a hand. So give us a call. 888-666-3974. Let's get to it. Leslie, who's first? Hey, Bill, you've got the money pit. What can we do for you today? Trying to hang a projector screen in my basement. It's a finished basement, and uh, there's a beam uh, going across uh, an opening here that after drilling into the drywall, it found out that uh, it's it must be steel or iron of some sort. <laughs> Not and, a good surprise. Uh, so, yeah. <laughs> okay, so you're kind of wondering how you can uh, attach this. So this projector that you want to hang, I guess it's got some weight to it? Sorry, it's a projector screen, so I need to be able to pull it up and down. Well, the drywall is going to be maybe attached uh, to something aside from the, that one steel beam. The beam's probably used to support the ceiling joists or the floor joists for the floor above. But what's holding the drywall up? It can't be all on steel. Yeah, that's, I'm not sure. It's a, Since it's a, in a finished space there, I'm, I'm not able to really climb underneath it. Well, this may be a case where you have to do some uh, investigative uh, surgery there by removing a piece of drywall, because I think it's unusual that you have a beam... Uh, you know, I mean, certainly not unusual to have a beam, but having a beam that's uh, taking up that whole space would be unusual. We need to figure out another way to get this thing attached. Um, I guess what I would probably recommend you do is if you are going to attach it to the steel beam, I would uh, drill through that beam and attach a wood block to it and then attach the screen to the block so it's easier for you to work with the existing fasteners and hardware that comes with it. As long as you have a secure uh connection there, then it, then it should work. It doesn't seem to me like just a screen that would pull down is going to take all that much support. 
um, but certainly it can't be just in the drywall. Okay. But you need to figure out what else is behind there aside from the drywall. How old is your house, by the way? I'm curious. Uh, let's see. The house was built in the mid-50s. Uh, I'm not sure when the basement was finished. It's probably sometime in the uh, the late 90s. Yeah, that mid-50s is a very good age for a house. I bet you you have a lot of lumber in that house that's yet to be discovered. You just got to figure out how it's being run. Okay. So that you can get into some of the beams there. You know, a good quality stud finder can help you detect all that. Okay. So you know the trick, too. If you hold your flashlight, a really strong flashlight, like parallel with the ceiling, I mean, almost right on it, you're going to see almost every nail fastener or every screw fastener that's going through that drywall into into a joist above it, and you'll know exactly how it's run. Okay. It's not going to be obvious when you look for when you just look up with your eyes, but if you get up there with a ladder, hold that flashlight so that the light goes right across the bottom surface of that beam, like parallel to it, that ceiling, you're going to see exactly where all the fasteners are, and right behind the fasteners is the wood. Okay. And I suppose if I can see the joist, I could probably put uh, some screws into the joist instead. If that, uh... Exactly. Yep, exactly. Correct. And once you find the first one, remember the next one's going to be either 16 or 24 inches apart. Okay, great. All right. Well, good luck. Thanks so much for calling us at one eight 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 Money Pit. Now we've got Charlotte in North Carolina on the line, who's got a popcorn ceiling that you know doesn't have butter on it. <laughs> Charlotte, tell us what's going on. Well, what happens now? We have a brown stain on the ceiling from the leak. We've okay. had the leak repaired, of course, and it's a popcorn ceiling. I've always hated this popcorn ceiling. I'm not opposed to getting rid of it. But I'm just wondering what's the best way to make the repair here because I'm afraid if we just take off the section where the where the stain is, it's not going to match anymore. You know, you can you know be like a repaired look. What would be your suggestion? Now, is it truly a popcorn ceiling? Like when you reach up, you sort of end up with remnants of it, or is it like a, t- a textured stucco ceiling? Whatever that drywall is that they kind of make and they spray on the ceiling. Yeah. So here's the thing. You've had the roof leak. The roof leak's now repaired. Yes. And has it physically damaged the ceiling, or is it just the stains you're concerned about? It mostly looks like the stains. To me, it looks like there might be one small section that might have a little bit of a bulge in it. All right, well, let's ignore that for the moment. What I would suggest you do is to use a good quality primer and repaint that ceiling. Now, if it's just a very limited area, you could prime just the stain and leave the rest. If it's a bigger area, you've got to prime the whole ceiling. But if you use a good quality primer there, like a Kills or a Bin or something like that, then that should seal in the stain, and you could put paint on top of that. You will have to paint the whole ceiling if it's not been done recently. But if you seal with the primer and then paint it, that will make the ceiling stain disappear and preserve the popcorn. Removing the popcorn at this point is just a whole lot of work that it sounds like it's really not necessary for you to do, unless you just don't like the look of it. Thank you very much. That'll help a lot. I appreciate it. You're welcome, Charlotte. Thanks so much for calling us at 888-MONEY-PIT. Now we've got Phil in Mississippi who has a lumber question. What can we do for you? Hey, I recently had an opportunity to acquire about 500 treated 4 by 4 by 8 timbers. And okay. I'm fixing to start a new home construction in about the next 30 days. And the only way I figure I'm ever going to be made of money is out of my sweat equity. So I was going to saw these in half and turn them into the 2 by 4s that I would use to for my studs for my walls. But I, I was not sure if anything in those treated 4 by 4 timbers would leach out into the house over the years and cause any kind of harm due to the chemicals. Interesting question. Um, not that I can think of, because we do use treated lumber for sill plates all the time, and I've never heard an issue related to that. 
But boy, it's going to be a lot of work for you to uh, saw those four by fours down to two by fours. Because Tom, any concern about the integrity of the lumber? You know, is there, you know, because posts, well, traditional studs are kiln dried, and these are more wet from. Yeah. You know, the chemicals that are used? Yeah. You may have a lot more movement inside the walls. That's true. So you could get a lot more twisting uh, as a result of this. I mean, 4x4s are typically very wet. And even if they look dry on the outside, once you cut them, they could, you know, basically twist like a pretzel. So you may find that you frame walls you frame walls with them, and then you find out that uh, you know the walls have all kinds of bows when it's way too late to fix them. So you know that listen, the cost of two by fours as part of the entire home uh, construction budget is 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 fairly minimal. So I would really think twice about whether or not it makes sense to do this. You might just want to hold on to them, use them for a retaining wall, use them for landscaping projects, that sort of thing. I, I don't think if it was me. I would consider this a a good use. Okay, well, that's exactly what I needed because I had not even thought about them not being killed and dried. I just assumed they were just like two by fours. So no, they're so wet. Yeah, they twist like crazy. I've seen them. I've seen them twist ninety degrees sometimes. It's really nuts. Oh wow. Okay. Well, guys, I do appreciate it. You might have just saved me uh, a major headache twenty years from now. (laughs) All right. Well, we're so happy we could. Thanks so much for calling us at eight 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 Money Pit. You are tuned to the Money Pit Home Improvement Radio Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Give us a call with your how-to, decor, even your remodeling questions to 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor, where it's easy to find top-rated local home improvement pros for any home project. Go to homeadvisor.com. And just ahead with just three projects, you can extend the use of your outdoor spaces well in the fall. We'll have those summer-saving projects after this. Did you know that Americans take 20,000 breaths a day and spend an average of 90% of their time indoors? That's right. And according to the EPA, the level of indoor air pollutants can be two to five times higher than outdoor air and occasionally more than 100 times higher. Plus, every spring we get sucked with allergens too. Well, Air Doctor is an air purifier that filters out dangerous contaminants like pollen, pet dander, dust mites, and mold. Their Ultra HEPA filter has been independently tested to remove 99.99% of tested allergens, including bacteria and viruses. That's impressive. Now, Air Doctor also comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee, so if you don't love it, just send it back for a refund minus the shipping. And they're offering a special discount to Money Pit listeners. Just head to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT, and you'll receive up to $300 off air purifiers. Exclusive to podcast customers, you'll also receive a free three-year warranty on any unit, which is an additional $84 value. Lock this special offer in right now by going to airdoctorpro.com and use promo code MONEYPIT. That's airdoctorpro.com, promo code MONEYPIT. The Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. You'll never have to worry about overpaying for a job. Just use their true cost guide to see what others paid for similar projects. Then get matched to top-rated pros, read reviews, get quotes, and book appointments. All for free at HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by HomeAdvisor. You can find top-rated home service pros and book appointments online all for free. 
So, Leslie, this summer you uh, tackled your outdoor living space, and did I hear you just put some lights in? How did that go? I did. It actually came out really great. And this time I went with um, some of those LEDs. I guess you would call them like a cafe light where you have the um, exposed filament and the bulb, except these are dimmable and like a very incandescent feel with the durability of the um, LED bulbs. Um, They look great. I put in some solar-powered lights. I sort of opted for some really easy do-it-yourself stuff out there when it came to the lighting. And we're just loving that space. I mean, it's amazing how... Not that big of a change in the landscaping, an addition of a stone wall as a big planter. And my yard is very small. I don't want anybody to think I'm sitting on a big piece of property. It's my whole property lot is 40 by 100. And I think my yard works out to be like 25 by 20. It's little. And I made it feel like it's so much bigger. And it's great to see the kids running around. So it's so fun when you creatively think about how to use a space and it succeeds. I think about that a lot when I lay in my hammock that I installed. <laughs> like, yeah, this is working out pretty well. 888-666-3974. What projects are you tackling? Or maybe you just got one done. You want to tell us all about it. 888-666-3974. Lori in California, you've got the money pit. How can we help you today? I am trying to put a freestanding deck in my backyard. And my backyard has blackberry bushes in it. So I have to get rid of the blackberry bushes first. Right. And um and and I don't want them to you know grow back up through the the deck. Okay. So how 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 could I do that? Well, they're probably not going to grow through the deck because the deck's going to block all sunlight to it. That said, as you prep the soil, what you're going to want to do is obviously you have to build footings for this, right? So you build the footings and then you take off whatever the top surface is there, if there's grass, whatever, and then you lay down weed block, which is sort of this black burlapy kind of fabric, and you lay that down underneath the deck. And then you can go ahead and frame over that. What you might end up doing is do the framing and then kind of lay the fabric down at like the very last minute because, frankly, it's it's kind of hard to like walk on it while you're framing this deck. So you might end up like even putting the floor joists down, then lay the fabric under it, then finish it off. And that will help slow down anything that wants to come up right away. But I think that once this deck is built, it's going to be so dark under there that you're not going to have problems with the blackberry bushes coming up through the deck. It certainly would come around it, but not through it okay all right thank you you're welcome Lori. good luck with that project thanks so much for calling us at 888 money pit all right now we've got ken on the line who's got a question regarding the countertops at the home what's going on well i have a quartz countertop uh, that we had installed professionally probably 12 years ago but one of the seams has broken loose and I'm trying to figure out how to get that seam uh, sealed again or get it glued back together again. Is there a way I can do that? So you have uh, some movement on these slabs, so to speak, that is uh, causing the seam to open up, maybe some expansion and contraction? It's over the uh, dishwasher, and we I put too much pressure on it, and it broke the seam loose. So I okay. uh, put some, uh, some weight on it. So I'm just trying to get it sealed, uh, you know, glued back together again. So... Um... <sighs> It's kind of a tough job to do yourself because you're not going to have access to the materials that uh, installers are going to use, but they probably use an epoxy-like seal when they first put it together. Right now, I would think all you want to do is stop moisture from getting in there so that uh, you don't get uh, mold growth and, and, and that sort of thing. But if you want to actually repair it, I'm afraid you probably are going to have to go back to a pro. 
And as you've discovered, there's really two issues. There's whatever structurally allowed it to bend like that, even with the pressure on it. You want to make sure that gets beefed up, otherwise it's going to happen again. And then, of course, you've got to get the, the seam resealed. So those are the steps that are involved, but I don't feel like they're DIY projects because I don't think you're going to have the tools and materials you need to get it done. It's kind of specialized uh, doing that granite countertop work. Oh, okay. Well, I noticed underneath there is no support. It's a seam that's out in an open area. So that was one thing that really bothered me because it it's dropped down a little bit. That's part of the issue. So that, that really should be beefed up. It might be that you're going to have to pull your dishwasher out in order to sort of stiffen up the underside there with framing so that it supports those countertops. Because, man, they are super heavy, as you know. Yeah. And uh, that with a little pressure on top is probably all you needed to, to break it loose. All right. Appreciate that. Thank you. All right, Ken, you're welcome. Good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at one eighty eight Money Pit. Well, the days may be getting a bit cooler soon and shorter as we move in towards the fall season, but taking on just three projects now, and you don't have to put an end to all of that outdoor entertaining. That's right. And first, just like the landscape lighting we just talked about, think about adding exterior lighting, especially lighting on timers so it only is on when you need it to be. And you can also think about picking up some solar-powered lights if you want a really inexpensive way to have some decor, say, along a walkway. You know, another great thing that you can add to your space that will certainly extend the life of that spot is a fire pit, a fireplace, patio heater. All of these things are readily available these days. And if you want to build one yourself, it's a very easy do-it-yourself project. Not only do they create a really cozy and warm space, they also add a great ambiance to entertaining. You know, I'm looking for a gas-powered sort of fire pit coffee table. I'm not finding one in the style that I really like, but I can't wait to get out there in September and sit on the couch and use the fire pit. It's so great. And finally, if you've got a pool, a pool cover is all it takes to harness that daytime sunlight so it stays warmer after Labor Day. If you take just these three steps, you can definitely enjoy your backyard retreat even after the first frost. 888-666-3974. Give us a call right now. We'd love to hear about your next home improvement project. Joanne in Alaska is on the line with an electric heating question. What can we do for you today? Well, I have purchased a money pit next door to my home. And okay. uh, <laughs> it's a five-unit complex that was built around 1901. Okay. And it has this heating system. I'm from New Orleans originally, so knowing about heating systems is not my forte. Yeah, well, now that you live in Alaska, you better learn quick, huh? Uh, I'm working on it. <laughs> but the house I lived in had oil heat. This is a wall-mounted. It's about four feet by 20 or 24 inches. Right. The surface of it looks like warming trays that you use at a buffet. You know, it's yeah. like a corner uh, thing. And I, is this still made? I have one glass that's broken. Um, they do have wall-mounted thermostats. Um what is the efficiency of this kind of heat? Is it ridiculous? Or? It's not. It is ridiculous. I mean, it's first of all, it's electric heat. So it's electric resistance heat. They're just using the glass as the heat exchanger, so to speak. And I've seen these before, and they sort of hang off walls, and the air is supposed to pass through behind them and sort of right. con- create this, like, convective loop. And will they work? Yeah, they work, but they're very expensive. Are there any other heating options for you there? Well, electric is my only option in these units. They're all electric. So is there a more efficient electric type of heat? Well, a heat pump, electric heat pump would be the most efficient, but I think in Alaska I'd probably rule that out. The climate's just too raw for that. So, no, I guess you're going to be stuck with resistance heat. 
Now, if they're broken, you mentioned that one was broken? Yeah, the glass on one of them is broken. Well, if the glass is broken, I guess it's potentially unsafe. Depends on how the heating coil uh, is distributed inside that glass. If you did have to replace them, you can buy new glass wall panel heaters. And actually, some of them can look kind of stylish. I mean, some of the new ones look almost like a flat screen TV. They're like black and sort of modern looking. Is that better than the baseboard heater? I see a lot of people here use these baseboard heaters. Yeah, they're all electric heat. Yeah. The only advantage is that you're able to control the heat of each individual room separately that way. So you have a bit more control. Uh But it will be expensive to run. Okay, so the best alternative it would be to put in oil or something to bring a different kind of heat in. Well, that's right. If if the fuel was available, um, you would be almost always better off with oil, propane, or gas than electric. All right, thanks so much for calling the Money Pit. Remember, you can call us anytime, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, with your home repair or your home improvement question. We're here to lend a hand at 888-MONEY-PIT. Just ahead, stainless steel is an always popular choice for your kitchen sink. But not all stainless is created equal, so we're going to explain what the difference is when the Money Pit continues. This show is supported by State Farm. Insurance is a part of any solid financial plan. Making sure you have the important things in life covered is one of the best ways to give yourself a little breathing room when things go awry. It's important to protect not only your business, but yourself as a business owner and all current and future team members. State Farm agents know what it takes to run and protect a small business because State Farm agents are all small business owners and they live and work in your community. So they're deeply attuned to what's happening with other small businesses in your market. If you have a small business and are interested in making sure you're protected, reach out to your local State Farm agent to learn more about what you need. They'll help you find the right policy at the right price for your business. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today. Money Pit is presented by Rumblestone. Create a paver patio or walkway, garden retaining wall, grill enclosure, fire pit, or even an outdoor kitchen with Rumblestone from Pavestone. For project ideas and how-to videos, visit pavestone.com. Where home solutions live, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. You can find out what it costs to do your home project before you hire that pro and instantly book one of Home Advisor's top-rated pros for free. 888-666-3974. Now we've got Mike on the line who has a question about insulation. How can we help you? Yes, I have a wall on the west side of my house that gets... um pretty warm. Um, I live here in Arizona, so uh, it does get uh, over 118 sometimes. But um, is there, and it's a um, block home, is there a way that I can insulate that so that it, uh, you know, doesn't quite get in um, as much heat as it does? Well, insulating the wall will be difficult because you can't get to the interior of it. If you could, I would tell you to use a spray foam insulation uh, and fill up the the in- interior cores, but that's difficult to do since the home is completely built. Is it at all possible for you to add an awning to that side or create some sort of shade that would block off some of the sun? It's possible. 
Well, yes. See, something along those lines would be less expensive, even though it might be uh, you know a bigger thing for you to look at than some insulation. Um, but if you were to deflect some of that sun, and I know they have awnings uh, in your part of the country that have reflective surfaces that are cooler underneath, that would probably make a big difference in the heat that you're dealing with. Because I guess what you're saying is that the wall gets super warm, and then you're basically paying more air conditioning to, to bring it down Correct. in terms of the temperature. Yeah. And the other thing that you could do on the inside of it, you know, you could always insulate the inside of it with uh, with a foam insulation. You could use a um, isocyanurate board, for example, or the blue Dow Styro types of board that interlocks and use that as a wall covering and then put drywall on top of that. So that's another thing that you can do. But I think if you were to block some of that sunlight with uh, with an awning, for example, or some landscaping, I think that that would probably be the least expensive way to achieve what you're trying to do here. All right. I will take a look at that then. All right. Well, good luck with that project. Thanks so much for calling us at 188 Money Pit. Well, stainless steel is an obvious choice for a kitchen sink because it cleans up quickly and it's got a great professional look. But while most consumers think that all stainless sinks are the same, there can actually be a huge qualitative difference. And here's what you need to be most aware of. Yeah. Now, first up, the gauge of the metal. That's the thickness. You want to think strong, silent type here. The higher the gauge of the steel, the thinner it is, and therefore the noisier and more flexible. So what you're looking for is 16 to 18 gauge. That's going to stand at the dents, as well as the vibration caused by, say, a garbage disposer. And depth is also important. Six-inch deep, they are cheap to make, but they splash. They don't hold much water. The 10-inch sinks, on the other hand, much better choice. A big plus also when countertop space is limited. Next, you want to give it the thump test. Now, stainless steel sinks can be loud, so look for those with a rubbery undercoating and pads, which is going to help deaden the sound of running water, clattering silverware, and it's also going to reduce the condensation in that base cabinet. Last, you want to look for a good drain. Now, some sinks come with drain assemblies and baskets, and some don't. Now, there's a location and a design to consider as well. Towards the back means that you're going to have more usable space in the base cabinet and better drainage when the dishes are piled up in the sink. And you know that happens a lot at both of our houses. Absolutely. (laughs) Definitely something you'd like to avoid. If I could only get the kids to start putting those dishes right into the dishwasher. No, it's got it's got to go in the sink first. Oh, yeah. First stop sink. Like a rite of passage. (laughs) This is the Money Pit. Call us right now with your home improvement question at 1-888-MONEY-PIT. Charlene in Louisiana is on the line with a roofing question. What are you working on? I have a shallow roof on my house. They call it a like a two three pitch it's not flat i mean it's um but it's very shallow okay almost no attic you know about maybe two feet in there i was interested in an aluminum roof or you know like a lifetime roof and i wanted to know which would be better that or uh, a regular shingle roof uh like an architectural roof you don't have the pitch for an asphalt shingle roof you need to have at least a 312 or a 412 roof to put in shingles. Well, I have shingles on it now, and they've been there for like 20 years. I'm telling you, you may, but it's not right. You can only put shingles on a, a roof that's got a minimum pitch of 312 or 412. And if you've got them on there right now, count your blessings, but it shouldn't have been put on there. And any roofing manufacturer will tell you that. If uh, 
you know, if you your options therefore are either to do say a rolled roofing or a rubber roofing or a metal roof, um, as long as it's rated for that low pitch. And I think uh, a metal roof is a great investment if you're going to be there for the long haul. But that's what I would invest in because you know with that low of a pitch, you probably don't see it very much, and you want to make sure that it's really going to be watertight. And with a low pitch, you just can't use an architectural shingle. It just won't work. Thanks so much for calling us at 888 Money Pit. Give us a call with your home repair, your home improvement question, 24 hours a day, seven days a week, right here at 888 Money Pit. Well, if you've got a pool, did you know that one common mistake when you close it up can make its water unsafe for next season? We're going to tell you what you need to know in today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com next. Everyone should know that drinking water is important to staying hydrated and healthy. Having safe, clean water is the last thing you want to worry about, but unfortunately, according to extensive research by the Environmental Working Group, three out of four homes in America have harmful contaminants right in its tap water. That's why we are thrilled to be working with AquaTrue. AquaTrue purifiers use a four-stage reverse osmosis purification process, and their countertop purifiers work with no installation or plumbing. It removes 15 times more contaminants than ordinary pitcher filters and is specifically designed to combat chemicals like PFAs in your water supply. And they have water purifiers to fit every type of home, from installation-free countertop purifiers to higher-capacity under-sink options. They even have a Wi-Fi-connected purifier and mineral boost options. And its proprietary purification technology is independently tested by IATMO to NSF and ANSI standards to remove over 80 of the most harmful contaminants, including chlorine, fluoride, arsenic, PFAs known as forever chemicals, nitrate, and many more. I can truly taste the difference when I compare it with my old water filter. AquaTrue saves you money also. Just one set of filters from their classic purifier makes the equivalent of 4,500 bottles of water. That's less than three cents a bottle. Plus, you'll save the environment from tons of plastic waste. AquaTrue comes with a 30-day money-back guarantee and even makes a great gift. And today, Money Pit listeners can receive 20% off any AquaTrue purifier. Just go to aquatrue.com. That's A-Q-U-A-T-R-U.com and enter code MONEYPIT at checkout. That's 20% off any AquaTrue water purifier when you go to aquatrue.com and use promo code M-O-N-E-Y-P-I-T. Money Pit. Money Pit is presented by HomeAdvisor.com. Whether it's minor repairs or major remodels, leave it to HomeAdvisor to do the work. Check out HomeAdvisor.com. Making good homes better, this is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now at one 888 Pit. If you've got a question about your next home improvement project, we are standing by and ready to help. Hey, Tom, you know, I can't believe that summer is like... It's almost over. I know, I feel like I know. Everybody's getting in these last little trips and all these adventures before you, everybody's got to go back to school and really focus on work. But you and your family, you guys just took a trip, right? I think Virginia? 
Yeah, we actually West Virginia. Yeah, I love that area down there. It's just so beautiful. And uh, we took a trip and we came back, but unfortunately, my car did not. We had a major problem. Yeah, we were crossing the West Virginia mountains, and and the engine all of a sudden started to rev up to over five thousand RPMs. I'm like, this is not good. And we pulled over. We got off an uh, an off ramp, and at the end of the off ramp, the engine just quit, and that's it. Would not start up again. I was a hundred miles. You haven't had this car that long. Well, no, actually I have. It was a 2011 Audi Q7, and I had 215,000 miles on it. So I can't really complain that it didn't last a long time, because it did. Although I'm not really a big fan of the Audi brand anymore, because I think they had some engine issues that they weren't necessarily upfront with or helpful when it came time to fix it. However, that, that aside, I still put a lot of miles on the car. But listen to this. So I called the tow truck, AAA, thankfully. They took me the, they took me 98 of the 100 miles to where I had to go. And guess what happened at mile 98? The tow truck broke down, broke Shut down. <laughs> I swear the tow truck broke down. There is like smoke coming out of the tires. There's an air leak. The driver says to me, I'm going to go into this convenience store of a, like a tow, it was like a sort of truck stop convenience store. Okay. And try to buy a pair of vice grips so I could clamp off the, the airline and get us back on the road. So he's in there for 10 minutes, and I'm like thinking, there's no way they're going to have vice grips next to the bread, the milk, and the eggs in this convenience store. They might. Nah, they didn't. But you know what? I was thinking about it, and I had actually brought four tools so that when we got to our house, we would be able to do minor repairs. And one of those was a vice grip. Now, imagine this. My big SUV is on the top of this flatbed. I got to climb up there. I got to empty the stuff. I finally find the tool that I need to fix this airline, and the tow truck driver says to me, you know, what I really need is a needle nose vice grip. <laughs> I said, you mean like this? And it was the one tool I had with me. I don't know why I grabbed that one. It was intuition, but I had the needle nose vice grip. We clamped off the airline, but it was funny because I swear there was a tear that came to that West Virginia boy's eye when I said that because he thought we were like done. We clamped <laughs> off the airline. We got some zip ties and we sort of MacGyvered the wrench to the body of the tow truck and off we went to the repair facility where I dropped my car, rented he another dropped one. dropped the tow truck. To, yeah. Dropped my car, rented another one so we could move on with our trip. And the next day I got a call that the engine was completely shot. And so my car did not come home and is in the hands of the West Virginia Make-A-Wish Foundation or probably more accurately, the Make-A-Wish Chop Shop being sold for parts right now. And I am in the market for a brand new SUV. That was the start of my vacation. And uh, it got much better from there, but it was certainly uh, not the way I envisioned it happening. <laughs> well, bright side, you're going to get a new car. That's right. Downside, that's right. you didn't plan on it. But that's how I got my truck. I was driving on the LAE out to visit my sister. My five-year-old Buick engine block seized. That was it. It was dead. It was done. Only five years. I guess I shouldn't five complain. Five years. Mine was eight. <laughs> I mean, but I'm really happy with my new car. I've got the Toyota 4Runner. I love it. My favorite part is the back window rolls down. Oh, uh, yeah. There you go. <laughs> well, there's our car repair woes. But if you've got a home repair woe that we can help you with, you're welcome to give us a call right now at one eight 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 Money Pit. Well, if you've got a pool, it's almost time to close it up for the season. But if the process is not done correctly, you may set yourself up for failure when it comes time to open it again next summer. That's why this is a project best left to a pro. We'll explain why in today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. 
Yeah, now, first of all, your pool's filtration system is the most susceptible to freezing temperatures, and that requires special attention. To avoid any costly repairs, that system, you have got to thoroughly flush it and drain those pipes and make sure that the fixtures are emptied before the cold winter temps set in. Now, to make sure that it's done right, pros are going to use a compressor that's going to blow out the air by just super pressured air through the pipes, and they keep that pressure at less than 20 pounds per square inch. That's sort of the key number to make sure that you're getting enough pressure to clear everything out, but you're not going to damage the system. Next up, you've got to add some antifreeze to that system itself, but not the kind that you pick up at the auto repair store for your car. These pros are going to use specially formulated propylene glycol RV antifreeze. That's really important for the safety of swimmers come next season, as well as for people and pets that might come in contact with it and swallow spilled or maybe even stored liquid. You've got to be so careful. Now, the specialized antifreeze provides freeze and burst protection to temps as low as minus 50 degrees Fahrenheit, and it's generally generally safe for people in the environment. And lastly, don't forget to plug the skimmer. Otherwise, the system could fill up with rainwater or melt the snow and develop damage despite your best efforts. And that's today's pro project presented by HomeAdvisor.com. With HomeAdvisor, you can get matched with top-rated home service pros in your area, compare prices, read verified reviews, and book appointments online, all for free. No matter the type of job, HomeAdvisor makes it fast and easy to hire the best local pros. Richard in Kansas, you've got the money, but how can we help you today? I'm interested. I have an older home I remodeled. It's built in the 30s, and uh, I wanted to put in a whole house water filtration system. And uh, I was going to connect right to the service line going in, and I've been shopping around. I found the small canister types, and then it just jumps up to the big, uh, like, 33-gallon barrel type filtration, which is too much. And I just want to know what the, what a good brand is and what I need, reverse osmosis and all that. You know, Richard, 3M makes the Filtreat line. That's F-I-L-T-R-E-T-E. And they have single filters for, like, use under maybe your kitchen sink or bathroom. But they also have a whole house system. It's not terribly expensive. I think it's under 100 bucks, And installation is pretty straightforward. So perhaps you could even do it yourself. And they also have various levels of filtration. So I would take a look at the Filtreat whole house system water filters, and I think that's a good choice to make sure your water is tasting good throughout the entire home. You can reach us anytime at 888-MONEY-PIT, presented by Home Advisor. Find out what it costs to do your home project before you hire a pro and instantly book one of Home Advisor's top-rated pros for free. Still ahead, don't let a pressure washer do more damage than good. We're going to have tips on choosing the right pressure washer for the surface that needs to be clean after this. You live in a body pit. The Money Pit is brought to you by Sense. The Sense Smart Home Energy Monitor works like a fitness tracker, telling you what's on in your home and how much it costs, so you can save electricity and money. Learn more at Sense.com. Where home solutions live, welcome back to the Money Pit Home Improvement Show. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Give us a call right now or post your question online to the Money Pits community page or our Facebook page. That's what Jacqueline did from Chicago. And Jacqueline looks like she's doing some cleanup. 
Yeah, Jacqueline writes, I'd like to buy a pressure washer for my deck, but I'm nervous that I'm going to damage the wood. I found washers with different types of nozzles, but should I be looking for adjustable PSI? What do I need to know about adjusting the pressure for different surfaces? Well, first of all, pressure washers are a great tool. I mean, they're fast, they're effective, and they easily remove dirt and grime from your home's exterior or your deck or your boat or your car. You want to have the amount of water pressure that does the job and not more than that. I mean, a basic light-duty pressure washer is going to work at about 1,300 to 2,000 PSI, and that is about 30 times as powerful as a garden hose. So that's going to be a good choice for cleaning boats and cars and siding. And from there, they, they go up. I mean, you can pick up one that goes up to as much as 4,000 PSI, and that may you know strip a surface for repainting. But you want to be very careful to only use what you need, because if you use too much, you can easily damage it. Even though it's fun, for example, to clean sidewalks, of the moss and the algae that may stick to them, if you're using the wrong pressure setting, you're going to find that you can actually carve away some of the surface of that concrete, and you won't spot it till you're all done. You'll just be totally annoyed by it. So choose carefully, but it's a great investment. Yeah, and you're going to have a lot of fun cleaning things once you figure out how to do it and you're using it correctly. (laughs) You seriously will start and might not stop till you reach the end of the block. All right, next up I have a post here from Aaron in New York City who writes, The wallpaper in my kitchen and bathroom is 26 years old. I'd like to get rid of it, but I dread taking it all down. Can I paint over the old wallpaper? It's in relatively good shape, and it's only curling in one small spot near a baseboard. I don't know. Listen, you could paint over it, but really, I think it's best to take it down. What do you think, Leslie? I mean, the answer is you could. The real question is, should you? No. I mean, you're putting paint on a surface that's removable. So eventually it's going to fall off. You're not like sealing it in, keeping it safe for forever. You're just adding another layer of nonsense when it's time to actually do some real work. And it also is a lot harder to take off if you paint it now and you decide in a couple of years you want to take it down. It's a lot harder to take down wallpaper that has paint on it because you can't get the steam or or the solutions that will loosen the glue beyond the layer of paint. So it just becomes a much bigger mess. Yeah, I would not recommend it. I mean, the trick is preparing to remove the paper. You know, some people suggest scoring it so that the application that you add to it gets to the adhesive side of the paper. Some people like to use a paper tiger that really super scores it to like tiny, tiny pieces. Either way, you've got to put a solution on top of it. A lot of people use a fabric softener and water mix that will help loosen the adhesive. And then the real trick is a steamer and it, you know, a rentable, store store rentable wallpaper steamer you will steam that paper until the heat and the moisture loosen up the glue and then you can start to peel away the pieces the key here is the smaller you score the paper the more pieces you have to pull off the wall so i always try to get like one big long piece off like when you're peeling an apple right (laughs) you know but you do what you can and it's going to take a lot of time and when you get to the new surface you're going to want to sand it prep it in any way you can assess what that wall looks like choose a paint with a low sheen, and you're going to have a a good finished product. Yeah, and priming is very important. You want to prime that surface. If you prime over that old surface, whatever paint you put on top of that is going to lay it very flat and really stick well, and it'll just look amazing. So, look, kitchen, bathroom, small rooms, I would take it off. This is the Money Pit Home Improvement Show on air and online at moneypit.com. Thank you so much for spending this 
one of the final summer weekends, the final warm weather weekends with us. We hope we've given you some tips and advice to finish up those summer projects and some inspiration to take on projects for the seasons ahead. I'm Tom Kreitler. And I'm Leslie Segretti. Remember, you can do it yourself. But you don't have to do it alone. Thanks to State Farm for supporting this show and helping our listeners protect their businesses and lives. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.